It's time to start thriving. Start thriving. Let's thrive. The more you know about your body, the better you can take care of it. It's time to take charge of your health. Here we are, so we're going to roll with that. Broadcasting to the Thrive Life community. So we're going to kind of dive into some of those ideas today. From the ACU of Texas Studios, let's thrive. I want to empower you to make that decision. This is Thrive Life Radio with your host, Amy Robinson. Good morning. Hope y'all are doing well on this Friday morning. Super hot day here in Houston. I have quite a treat for you today because you get to listen to me for an hour and I'm awesome. So, but I'm going to take you through the five pillars of health that I use in my own practice when I'm helping clients to gain some clarity and building healthy foundations for their lives. So you get to kind of go through a whole segment with me today, learning how I work with people. So these five areas can set you up on what I consider a springboard into an overall health your whole life. So I don't work with people just from food. I work from the entire person. So thank you all so much for joining me today live from the ACU of Texas studios here on Vinyl Draft Radio. Love having you with me every week. If you're new to my show, I'm your host, Amy Robison, nutritionist and believer in human potential. So we're going to expand your potential this week in today's Thrive in Five. Here's Amy with this week's Five. Let's Thrive. Thrive in Five. Okay, so today on Thrive in Five, there's this thing that's been going on in my brain for a while that I want to kind of touch on. And that is why you need to be your true self at any cost. And so this comes from my own personal experience and things that are going on, but also from working with people and just kind of seeing how they are not themselves and have a lot of really just unhappy, miserable people that come into my practice, which is usually why someone's seeking out a practitioner, not just for their nutrition health. And I know that might sound like a strange thing for a nutritionist to be talking about. But when people come into my office, it's more about their whole story and who they are and having someone who just listens to them and really hears what's going on for them to make some real changes. So most of us kind of walk around in some form of ourselves, but we don't really truly express that. So I found this great quote last week from Eartha Kitt. Um, She was a singer and an actress back in the 1950s. And her quote was, the price we pay for being ourselves is worth it. And I thought that was actually a pretty amazing thing to say because it's really hard to be yourself today. We have a lot of distraction with, you know, Instagram and Pinterest and Facebook and kind of putting out this persona of who we think we're supposed to be and who we think we're supposed to present to the world and that that is the true self, but it's really not. And so we have kind of not even just like the walking wounded, but the walking dead because there's just no life in people's lives anymore because we're just kind of suppressing all of that stuff down, myself included. So I want to just kind of you to take a moment to think about that. The price we pay for being ourselves is worth it. Because when you start to understand this is when you can start to really heal all those other areas of your life, including the food situation. Because a lot of times we're going off of patterns and things that we believed our whole life around food and what we're supposed to eat, what we're not supposed to eat. And so when you start to be yourself, you start to be able to tune into your own body and listen to what it's saying and what it is that you're supposed to be putting in there. So, you know, some questions that are really good to ask yourself around this topic are if there were no limits limitations, you know, who would you be and what would you do? That's, I know it's kind of a heavy weighted question for a Friday morning, but I think it's really important to start thinking about those things because it'll just propel you to this total other level. Like the skies will open for you if you can get this. Um, also, do you feel like you should speak a certain way? I can tell you from my own experience, and I've had this conversation with my mom and I know she's watching or listening today. Hi, mom. So we had this conversation about being a people pleaser. So 
because we both do this. And so we both kind of battle this thing about wanting to take care of everybody and wanting to make sure everybody is okay. And then kind of dismissing ourselves and not taking care of ourselves. So you feel this need to, to say things in a certain way, to gloss everything over and make everything look super good on the outside so that people are comfortable and they're comfortable around you. And so that's something that we both deal with and I still deal with it because I, I want I want people to be happy because I see the potential in people and I, I can see who somebody is even when they can't see that for themselves. And so I want to kind of pull that out of them. But you have to be really careful on that slippery slope of not also just trying to make them feel good or, you know, kind of going down that path of uh, just accepting every part of their behavior without kind of challenging them to do something different. So are you expected to behave in a certain way? That's another one. We feel like we need to put on, again, and I'm kind of speaking from personal experience right now, but you kind of put on this uh, persona as you walk out the door based on what you think the world needs to see of you, but the world really just needs to see you. Um, do you feel like you're supposed to like or dislike certain things? Are you, so let's just talk about food for a minute. So do you feel like you're supposed to, like, like I know we've had this conversation with multiple people, like to eat kale because everyone says kale is awesome. I personally do not like it. So I don't really like to eat it. But at the same time, being a nutritionist, I feel like I'm supposed to say, yeah, kale's fantastic and you should totally eat that. And it's great if you really, really like it. But I personally just, I just can't stand the texture of it. So I really don't think it actually tastes that good. But, you know, so we get in the in this idea that we're supposed to like certain things you know and of course I'm talking about food right now because we're told this is the best thing for you or this is the most healthy thing and again that's that external looking for someone to tell you what to do instead of internally trying to figure out where what do you really like what do you really want to eat now you know if you're wanting to just eat you know Fritos and French fries, which are my totally my vices. I, I won't really recommend that on a regular everyday basis. But you kind of get what I mean. You know, don't don't feel like you need to like certain foods, healthy foods, just because someone says that that's the thing to do or eat a certain diet or a certain way because that's the that's the mainstream thing right now. It all comes back to who are you and what does your body need to feel good and healthy? What does your mind need to feel good and healthy? So I want you to kind of think about that. Do you feel like you should have certain friends or relationships? So this is another big one because we a lot of times get into friendships or relationships that are very healthy and supportive, but then also very toxic. And it may not be like this horrible, um, abusive situation, but at the same time, it may be something that's not good for you. But we kind of, again, gloss it over, and I'm speaking from personal experience here too, kind of gloss it over and make excuses for why it's not working um, instead of just saying, hey, this is not, you know, this is not serving me. This is not serving who I am. And I need to kind of step out beyond that, get a different perspective and then make a decision if that's the best relationship for me. I've had to do that with friends over my whole life. Like, you have this friend who's been with you for a really long time and all of a sudden you realize that, hey, this is this is not serving either of us anymore and we just need to go ahead and not be friends anymore. I've had to let go of a few of those friendships over the years and it's painful and it doesn't really, it's not really fun and the other person a lot of times will feel really bad or you might feel really bad, but it's okay. Sometimes you just got to move on. All right. Are all the things you should be doing the right way worth more than who you really are? I, I love this statement because we... Ha- 
especially in my practice, especially with women, I see a lot of issues with not feeling worthy of what they have or not feeling worthy of something more than what they have. Like this is, this is my lot in life. This is what I've signed up for. So it's okay for me to kind of stay here. And so there's a lot of feelings around, a lot of issues around worth. And that also comes from weight for people, especially for women. They just don't. And it's, it's interesting how I'll have women come into the office who really, really want to lose weight, but at the same time, they don't really feel worthy of that happening for them. It's a really interesting phenomenon. And I would say it's probably around 80% of the people that come in, they don't really feel worthy of feeling better about themselves. And of course, again, going back to, I can see this person in front of me and listening to their story and them telling me who they are. And I see so much potential in them and I can see who they are, but they absolutely cannot see themselves. And part of that is a self-worth issue that maybe they've been told their whole life that they're not worthy um, in one way or another, or going back to childhood and that maybe they were told if they put on if they put on weight, then you know then their family members weren't going to pay attention to them. I've heard those kind of things, just really awful stuff, especially around the way women look. It's such a huge problem, and it comes back to building back up that self worth and trying to kind of pull out of them who they really are and getting them to see what I see in front of me, which is always this amazing person, and I have so much belief in them. But it's so hard to translate that for them to see that for themselves. It's a really interesting thing, but thinking that you need to do things a certain way, um, it's not worth who you really are. So you need to kind of, we have to kind of take a step back and say, all right, am I, you know, where is my worth coming from? Is it coming from the things around me or is it coming from within and how can you find that and pull that out? And it can be a challenging thing to do, especially if you felt that way for a really long time to kind of pull out that self-worth and say, yeah, it's worth being myself at any cost. And that, that cost might mean, you know, maybe it's in your career where you need to start a new business or you need to leave a job that you've been with a long time. I had an experience uh, with a career actually that I was in this job for 12 years, um, I was a supply chain manager for a manufacturing company. And I'd been there, I started out as a receptionist and kind of moved up into this management position. And so I'd been there a really long time, but I was absolutely miserable there. It was just like soul crushing. And it wasn't because the people around me were terrible or that the job itself was terrible. I could pretty much do it with my eyes closed, but it was just a soul crushing situation. And I needed to make an adjustment and make a shift and do something different. But I didn't feel like I could. I didn't feel like that was like, the right thing to do because like, well, you're in a successful career, you're making really good money. Why would you make a change and like start my own business and do something I really love and I'm not going to make any money at all, at least for the first few years. And so I actually ended up getting fired from that job because I was so miserable. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't stand up for myself. I couldn't say, Hey, I'm not okay with this or Hey, um, you know, what, whatever I was thinking at the time, I just literally couldn't, I couldn't stand in a place of, owning what I wanted and being feeling worthy of what I wanted. So I just stayed in a place where I was miserable. So I have a pattern of this behavior. So, um, but after I got out on the other side of that, oh my gosh, it was like a life-changing event. Just the, the skies opened up for me. So it was amazing. So it's okay to try to figure out who you are in the world. And the thing is, is that every day you say no to your true self. You're saying yes to what everyone else is telling you to do and what everyone else is telling you to, who to be. And that's not you. And the world really needs to see the real you and not the you that they expect. So just take some time today and think about who the real you really is. And that might be scary and you might not even be able to find it yet. And that's okay. But this is just to kind of put a little bug in your ear and say, you're an amazing person, even though I can't 
can't see you and I don't know you, but I believe in you and I believe that you have a lot to offer the world. So go and find it. So I'm going to come back in a few minutes and we're going to be talking about the five pillars of health and how you can make some changes in your life to be more awesome. Listen to previous episodes in our audio archives. Connect with us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You won't want to miss what's next. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. Chuck Sports Bar and Memorabilia in Leaf City is exactly what you picture a hometown bar to be. Watch the game with friends, great food, great drinks, and a friendly staff. Chuck's is also the home of celebrity bartender nights, open mic nights with Robert Del Toro, karaoke nights, and more. Chuck's is located at 601 East Main in Old League City, Tuesday through Thursday. Thursday from 4 to 11 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 4 to 1 a.m. Call 832-632-1325 or find them on Facebook, Chuck's Sports Bar, League City. When was the last time you went to the dentist? One year? Three years? More? Most of us get so busy that we don't go to the dentist like we should. Well, maybe it's because you're not going to the right dentist. Call Dr. Teakin and his staff at Teakin Smiles right here in Link City. 281-334-4944 or go online to TeakinSmiles.com because seeing your dentist shouldn't be a pain. Hey, it's Adam Smasher, and ClearLakeToday.com is where I go to find restaurants, events, entertainment services, and more in the Clear Lake and Bay Area. If you're looking to find a certain business in the Clear Lake area, you need to check ClearLakeToday.com. Now, if you are a business in the Clear Lake and Bay Area, make sure your business info is on ClearLakeToday.com. To advertise your business, contact Doug Meisinger by emailing Doug at ClearLakeToday.com. Welcome back, Thrive Life community. I hope you are having an awesome day and on your way to being your true authentic self this weekend. Diving into that a little bit in the first segment of how to be who you are and that the price you have to pay for that is absolutely worth it. So go try to find yourself this weekend, not in any weird woo-woo way. Just, just, just go think about yourself a little bit more than you're thinking about everybody else. So today I have a treat for you because I'm going to kind of walk through the different areas that I work with actual clients in my practice. So if you have not really listened to the show much before, I am a nutritionist and I am certified, I'm a certified holistic nutrition consultant, but then I'm also trained in functional nutrition. And so functional nutrition is kind of getting to the root of the problem. So usually when you go to a regular doctor, they're looking at all your symptoms and it's, you know, pill for this, pill for that, pill for this, pill for that. So what I'm doing is I'm looking at all these symptoms and then I'm look, I'm listening to your story because you get to tell me literally your entire life story from birth to now, or at least as much as you can possibly fill in and remember. And so I'm taking the symptoms, I'm taking the story, and I'm bringing those all down into what the root cause of the problems actually are. So it's a kind of a different method of looking at health um, instead of just kind of, you know, and, and even actually in the holistic world, a lot of times instead of a pill for a symptom, we're using a dietary protocol for a diagnosis or a diet 
dietary protocol for a symptom as well. So that happens in this world too. So what the functional side is, is saying, okay, we're not just, you know, not everyone who has autoimmune needs to go on an autoimmune style diet. It's not really necessary. So again, because you're, you're removing the individual factor when we, when we do that. So we want to bring the whole individual factor and the individual story in because your story from birth until now gives me a full picture of what's going on now. Because things that happen when you're a child and whether that's things that you were eating then or behavior patterns or traumas, things along those lines, that expresses them. It expresses as an adult. It may not be what you think. And that takes us a little bit of detective work to try to put those things together. But the more I work with the client, and when you come to work with me, we work a minimum of six to seven times together upwards of, yeah, I have clients that I've been working with for a year now, um, a minimum of six to seven times. And the reason that I do that is because I need to know you in order to really help you. So it's, it's not enough for me to just get a few you know, pieces of information. Oh, you've got some digestive problems. You've got some headaches and things along those lines, because usually there's a deeper issue going on. It's not just a food problem. It's a whole life problem. And so I actually go through a few different pillars, especially the longer that I work with a client, um, that we address all of these different areas in order for you to really get to the goals that you're looking for and whatever your why is. So when I start working with someone, that's one of the questions that I ask is what is your why? Why do you want to get healthy? Why do you want to feel better. And I kind of push them beyond like, oh, I just want to feel good. Like that's great. And that's a, that's good. But I want you to even go a little bit deeper than that. So for some people, it's, I don't have the energy to play with my kids or I want to, you know, my, my parent, maybe a parent passed away young of heart disease or something like that. And I don't want that to happen because I want to be around for my family. So we want to take it into a little bit of a deeper zone than just, I want to feel good. Because when you have those really deep whys, that's what gets you to the other side. Um, so it needs to to be something really, really personal. So when you're going in to make a change, whether you're working with me or another practitioner, that's a really good thing to kind of consider for yourself is why do you really want to feel better? What is it that's kind of propelling you to that, that, that journey and that thought pattern? Because that's what that will get you on the other side faster than just, I want to be healthy. It's just, it's not deep enough. We got to go, we got to go further than that. So the first segment that I kind of go through here, the first pillar, of course, as a nutritionist is food. So what you eat fuels your body, but most people are super confused about what that actually means. So last week I went through a bunch of different diets, a bunch of different healing diets, and just kind of explained what they were because there is mass confusion in the diet world because diets just frankly don't really work. Um, I use I only use specific diets when I have an actual medical reason for it. Um, so there's a lot of symptoms going on that we just really need to do more of kind of a deeper cleanse of the body, which is for cleanse for me just means moving certain foods and moving and starting to work on certain behaviors. It doesn't mean like doing a juice cleanse. <laughs> juice cleanse doesn't usually solve the problems that most people are having. It can be helpful for certain things, but it's it doesn't really solve the problem. It may just give you a like a really a lot of diarrhea. So what you eat fuels your body. So figuring out how to eat is in it in self a process. So even when someone's telling me they've got all of these things going on and these symptoms, we'll start out with a few just real basic things. Um, um, sometimes it's I've got someone coming in who's just eating a lot of fast food and really processed food. So we don't even start out with any eliminations. It's like, well, let's just get you to maybe eat some broccoli or a sweet potato. Sometimes it really is that minimal of a change that we're making because they're just not eating real food at all. So we're just going to start bringing in some real food and figuring out what they like, because a lot of times when they're eating heavily processed food, they they don't even know what they like at, at this point as far as real whole foods. And they don't because they don't know what they taste like. They think they are going to taste terrible, like maybe 
growing up, their mom, um, you know, steamed the heck out of broccoli and it just tastes like mushy, awful sulfur, which is really disgusting. Or maybe they grew up on canned vegetables. So they don't really know what, what, you know, a fresh whole food tastes like. So sometimes we actually have to start there with the most simple things, basic things and say, eat some real food. Let's figure out what you actually like to eat. When we go a step further than that, we would take out like gluten, dairy, and sugar. If they're already eating a fairly, you know, what I would consider, you know, quote unquote, clean diet, we'll take something like that out just to kind of clear the muddy waters and see if maybe there's just an inflammatory process going on and we need to kind of remove that. From there, we start having the conversation about what is their body telling them that they want to eat. We have to kind of clean everything up first and get them eating real foods because the processed foods, they're it's almost like an interference in the brain, like you that it interferes with the communication from the brain to the gut and the rest of the body. So when you're eating a lot of processed foods, it's really hard to determine what you actually, what your body actually needs from a nutrient standpoint, because your body will absolutely tell you, but we have to relearn how to listen. So when we clear the muddy waters out and just bring in real natural foods as much as possible, we're not going to be like the food Nazis, but we want to bring in as much real natural food as possible. So you can begin to listen to what your body needs. Does your body say you need to eat meat? Some people don't, some people don't really like to eat eat a whole lot of meat, they don't feel good. That's okay. Some people need a lot of fat or they crave a lot of protein or they crave, you know, certain vegetables. Um, and you'll start to notice those cravings, true, real cravings of what the body is telling you, not sugar cravings because your body is addicted, but real cravings because your body is saying, Hey, I'm missing something here. And this food can, it inherently knows that this food can provide it and it will tell you to eat it. And that just takes some time to learn how to do that. We used to know how to do that, you know, hundreds of years ago, partly because we didn't have all of the interference that we have today with a lot of heavily processed foods and also the fact that we have a huge variety of food available to us now. So it's even more difficult to manage. And don't get me wrong, I love the fact that we have pretty much anything accessible to us at any time. It's fabulous because I love food. but it can create problems with us trying to figure out what in the world to eat because we do, it's almost like too much. It's kind of like sensory overload on the food side. It's too many options, too much available to us. And so we can't navigate those waters. So we just end up eating all the things. So it's a process to learn how to do that again. We used to have that ancient wisdom. And so what I do is try to help bring that wisdom back. So diets do don't really work. They should be used for specific things in a certain period of time, but they don't work because they're usually short lived and they're not created for you to change a pattern of behavior. So when we're changing a pattern of behavior, we're rewiring the brain. So we're building new neuronal pathways in the brain. And the only way to do that is through repetition. So you repeatedly do something over and over and over again. You repeatedly learn something. Once you start learning something, your brain starts the process of building those those pathways. But if you don't continue the process of learning within just a couple of days, those pathways actually start to unravel and so you don't you don't remember. So like if you're cramming for a test in college or something like that, and it's just strict memorization, you're not even going to remember that stuff a couple days later because you didn't actually learn it. You just memorized it for the moment. So it's kind of the same thing with food. We're memorizing for the moment what we need to do to feel better, but we're not actually learning the process of why and learning how to incorporate that into the body. So once we learn the process of why, and this is kind of what I do with working with my clients, then those pathways start to build because they're learning something. And through repetition of working together, they're learning that over and over and over again, because we're going to have the conversation over and over and over again, because I want that pathway to be built. So they get what it is that we're trying to do, and they can start making those decisions for themselves going forward. 
forward. I tell people all the time, my goal is to not have clients for life because I feel like if I do, I'm not doing my job because I should be giving them the tools to do that for themselves down the line. So my goal is to get them basically self-sufficient and send them out into the world and say, if you, if something comes up in the future, holler back and we'll, you know, we'll address it. But you know, you should be able to go out into the world now and figure this out for yourself. And that's really the true goal is complete empowerment of the person. So sometimes we just need to do good enough with the diet. And I think this is a really important thing to talk about because we get really, really obsessed. Um, We have some obsession with health and wellness going on right now. And it's not that that's necessarily a bad thing because there's more light being shown on the things that we're doing wrong. But when the obsession starts to come in, you're thinking about food all the time. You're maybe cooking all the time. You're... um, constantly concerned about if things are perfect enough. Um, so you're, that it becomes an obsession as opposed to it just being something that's supportive of your health. And so we even have um, a term called orthorexia now where it's like this super, it's an eating disorder of super clean eating where everything has to be completely perfect all of the time. So you have to eat 100% clean, nothing can be adulterated, nothing can be processed. And so it's to the point where they're non-functional. They can't go out and eat with friends because they're so concerned about eating something quote unquote wrong um, or they're concerned that they might get exposed to something that's you know not super healthy and going to damage the body. So that's a huge issue because eating food is really kind of a social thing. It's a social family thing. It's a social friend thing. And it's really, really important to have that connection and that communication there. But with those obsessions, it becomes a problem. So sometimes we just need to say, hey, Eating real food is good enough. You don't need to constantly be concerned about all of the big the big um, picture issues because there's a lot of them. Um, and you can really go down the rabbit hole with all the different things and all of our different exposures and how we could be creating problems for ourselves. So sometimes it just needs to be good enough. Some of the obstacles that I that come up with people in food, the big one is time. Of course, I don't have I don't have time to cook dinner. I don't have time to prepare a meal. I don't have time to go to the store. Um, that's that's probably the biggest one. Money is another one. I don't I can't afford to buy everything organic, and I get that. And then like skill set is another one. Not knowing how to cook, that one's actually huge. That's why I started out my business doing cooking classes, um, and I now have a great health coach who can do that for me. Um, and then just knowledge in general under understanding why you should shoot, why I should, I don't even want to say should, that's a terrible word to use. Why you don't want to should on yourself. So why certain foods are better for that person than other foods. So they're supporting health. Every, when you're picking food, it's all about supporting your health. What's going to support you best to make you feel best on a day-to-day basis. Are you going to go off the rails once in a while? Yes, you are. And that's okay. That goes back to sometimes we just need to be good enough. So some of the solutions to the obstacles. So let's kind of talk about that for a moment. Time is definitely the biggest one. So I don't have time to cook is probably the number one thing that I hear. So then we come back to kind of what I was talking about in the first segment and being worthy. And so why is it that you don't feel like you can set aside a little bit of time to take care of yourself? Because making food for yourself, and I know, again, you know, we're gonna go out to eat and do all that kind of stuff. So let's kind of exclude that for a moment. So this is about the day-to-day basis of why do you not feel like you can take care of yourself? Why, Or why are you maybe feeling like you're not worthy 
unhealthy or that um, you're not willing to put um, the time and effort into making a meal, even if it's just one per day. And that's where we're starting out. Sometimes I'm just starting out with people making a meal twice a week for themselves. So this isn't about an, a complete overhaul, but it's a question you have to ask yourself is why am I not willing to, or able or feeling worthy enough to commit the time to make something for myself, um, you know, every day or once or twice a week, whatever it is that you're starting out. Because usually that's the issue. There's, there's, everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. And I know we've got a lot going on. You've got a lot scheduled. You've got, you know, work, you've got family, um, you know, all the things. So it comes back to prioritizing. It, can you take some time to figure out why you can't spend the time? So the time is the number one thing. So it's really a just digging into where is where are you not able to do that and deciding that you're not going to do that anymore and you're going to go ahead and put yourself first. And that's completely okay, even if it's only a couple days a week. So next, the obstacles you face that are in your head and how the five second rule, which I love, can help you overcome them. Here, what's next? Next. Right. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robison. Wish you could hear more Thrive Life Radio? You can. Follow us on SoundCloud, subscribe in iTunes, and Google Play Music. Every episode, every week. If you have a vehicle registered in Texas, you can join artists like Lyle Lovett, Pat Green, Randy Rogers, and more when you purchase a Texas Music license plate from the Texas DMV. 22 out of the $30 fee goes directly towards the Texas Music Office, which funds music lessons and instruments for under-resourced school children, as well as towards funding live music and community music programs all around the state. Just head to TexasMusicOffice.com or the Texas DMV for more info on how to order your Texas Music specialty license plate. Coastal Shade Company is the Houston and Gulf Coast leader in outdoor shade coverings from palapas to pergolas pavilions and more looking for an outdoor kitchen or fireplace contact us today at 832-917-7672 or visit us online at coastalshadeco.com hey this is cat with hope village it's vegas baby feeling lucky join us for hope lounge 2018 presented by ron carter cadillac as we go back in time to when the sands hosted the Rat Pack and martinis flowed like water. We'll have tables with all your favorite casino games and fabulous prizes for the winners. Join us on Saturday, August 18th at 6.30. Tickets are $125 and can be purchased online at hopeloungeevent.com. We hope to see you there. Lace up your dancing shoes and make plans to join us for the inaugural Dancing with the Stars Bay Area at South Shore Harbor Resort on Saturday, September 8th. All proceeds benefit the Bay Area Alliance for Youth and Families. You can also text to vote for your favorite dancing couple. The text to vote line is 281-853-9041. For Doug Meisinger and Cindy Harold deweese text Doug and Cindy. For Chris Reed and Lynn Hobrach, text Chris and Lynn. For Manish Mahashuri and Becky Day, text Manish and Becky. For Michael Houston and Cindy Nguyen, text Michael and Cindy. For me and Jean Hill and Donna Rogers, text Jean and Donna. Remember, our text-to-vote line is 281-853-9041. For more information about the event or how to vote, call the Alliance at 281-284-0370 or go to our website, dancingwiththestarsbayarea.net. Elite Care 24-Hour Emergency Room in League City offers all of the services found at a traditional hospital emergency room, but adds very short wait times, a clean and comfortable location, and outstanding service. The goal? For you to see an emergency room physician within 10 minutes of your visit, and to provide you with the best, most comfortable experience while you're with them. 
Elite Care 24 Hour is located at 2530 Gulf Freeway in League City. Call 281 337 7500. Thrive Life community. I am giving you the 411 of how I work with clients today and taking you through the five pillars of health that I use in helping them to gain more clarity and to improve the health and wellness of their whole life and not just on the food side. Again, I know that sounds strange for a nutritionist, but if I don't work with the whole person and their whole entire story, I, I have noticed over the years of working with people that they just don't really get better. They might get to a certain point with the food and make some headway, but they just don't really get better. And it's because their whole story and everything that makes up who they are makes the biggest difference in getting them to their why, which I talked about in the first segment, uh, the why, you know, having that why of what it is that you're trying to get to. So again, it's not just, oh, I want to feel better. Oh, I want to be healthy. That's great. And that's a good start. But you want to just go into that deep rooted thing of why do you really want to feel good? What is it that you want to change in your life? What is it that you want to be going forward? You know, who are you? So those are the questions that we start asking as I work through um, a program with somebody. And I work in the programs that I work. It's not just coming in one or two times. I gave you a meal plan and you're, you know, on your way and everything's good. We're going to work six or seven times up to a year you know, a year out, I have clients I've been working with for a long time um, to get to these deep rooted issues. I have this one client. Um, she's absolutely incredible. We, she was terrified of making any kind of food changes when we first started. And so it was super slow going, you know, just very, very small tweaks, even just from, you know, she's a love sugar. So it's kind of taking her from kind of Twinkies <laughs> to something that was just a little less processed. And that was our transition. I mean, it wasn't just, okay, you can just can't eat this anymore. So some people I can do with that with and they just they take it and run with it and they're done. But some people it's just so overwhelming to them that doing that creates so much more stress that they end up just completely giving up. And it's like, well, I don't want you to give up because I see the potential and what can what you can do, but we're just going to have to take some more time to do it. So here almost a year later she is so much more open and willing and just ready to go. And part of that is because we've worked, also worked through and pointed out some of these emotional things that were going on for her, some of the areas where she was stunted, some of the areas that she couldn't see for herself um, about what she needed to do moving forward. And by addressing those things almost kind of first before the food, now she feels like empowered to go into the food. It's such an, it has been such an amazing thing to watch the progression of who she was when we started and just very kind of closed in and internal and um, just really very, very, very intimidated. And now this like boldness coming out of her, it's it's absolutely phenomenal what, what she's been able to accomplish and what's going to happen for her in the next year. So really, really just a really cool thing that I've, I've been able to witness. So and the first pillar of health, of, us, of course, is food. So I went through that. So the second is actually how you speak and think. Um, this sometimes is more important than the food because how you speak, how you're um, speaking and thinking, um, can you know basically decide what you're, what it is that you're putting in your body. So, so for some people, we have to actually start here and um, work through this process and work through those old belief systems, those old thought patterns, those old patterns of behavior before we can even begin discussing how to change the food because 
because if you can't change the way you think about it, you're not going to change the food. So kind of going back to what I was talking about, building new neuronal pathways. So the thinking and speaking part is building new pathways. When you have a thought pattern that you might have had for decades, you have a pretty strong pathway built there. And it's going to take some time to essentially unravel it and build something new. And when you build something new, it's not a matter of just saying it a couple times, like I was saying, you know, memorizing for a test. So it's not a matter of doing that. You actually have to learn and start to incorporate that into your life in order for that new pathway to be built and become really strong and forceful in your brain. And for the other ones to begin to let go and begin to unravel. And this is an actual thing that happens in the brain. So I'm not just saying this, you know, I'm not making this up. This is a real thing that happens. Um, One of my favorite people in the world um, to explain this is Dr. Joe Dispenza. He has done some amazing work with how people think and has actually scientific studies done during his um, his programs and retreats and all that kind of stuff, showing how the brain changes as we change how we think about things and how things unravel, things come together, and how um, having that kind of like the brain-heart coherence where everything is kind of working at the same, on the same, I guess, energy frequency is the best way to put it, how then you can actually change your reality moving forward and you can change your future moving forward instead of kind of being stuck in the past patterns of behavior. In order to get to those new things, you have to stop living as that person in the past that you've been and start living as a person that you're seeing for yourself in the future. And that is takes practice and it takes repetition of constantly thinking about those things instead of thinking about the old things. So how you how you think and how you speak really matters. So your thoughts are so important because you can create stress, you can create joy, you can create anger, and you can create love just by what you're thinking about. So I mean, think about something that's super, super stressful. So. I don't know, like being in the car in Houston because Houston traffic sucks. So think about something really, really stressful. Now, you're not actually in the car. You're sitting wherever it Well, maybe you are in the car, but you're sitting wherever you're sitting. And if you start to think about, and my, my parents would absolutely love this because my dad hates driving in Houston. So when you start to think about what it feels like to be in that kind of gridlock and people are driving like maniacs, you can change how your body feels. So your heart rate might start to go up. You might start feeling hot. Um, You might start feeling anxious. Your shoulders might come up towards your ears. And you did all that just by thinking about that situation. So you're not actually even in doing that right now, but you've completely changed physiologically what's happening in your body just by the way that you're thinking. On the flip side, you can create joy in your body just by what you're thinking, thinking of something that really lights you up, that makes you super happy. So as you start to think about those things, maybe it's spending time with your kids or maybe it's going out to and grabbing coffee with a friend that you just absolutely adore. So when you start to think about those things, the same thing happens. Maybe you start smiling. Maybe the shoulders come down. Maybe your breath regulates. So you actually create a physiological response in the body based on what you're thinking. So being kind of almost like the thought, the thought and the word police for yourself is really important because your thoughts are going to create your reality. What you, whatever you are sending energy to, is going to happen because that's just the law of nature. So if you are creating a reality of negativity, that's what's going to come at you. And those are the things you're going to see. If you're stewing on certain thoughts um, all the time, that's what's going to show up for you. But if you start changing that around and changing that into thoughts of joy and thoughts of love, things that we consider like an elevated thought pattern or an elevated emotion, because emotions of negativity are kind of a lower emotion, 
So when you start bringing up those, those elevated emotions, that's what starts happening in your life. And you start approaching things from a place of joy and a place of love. That's what starts happening in your life. So it's the same thing, even when it comes to food. I know that sounds a little bit strange, but if you are constantly focusing on all the negative things, and even from, and just even talking about in like kind of the alternative health field, we can really spiral into how bad everything is, how it's everything's so processed and you can't do this and you can't do that. And there's, you know, all of these things coming at you. And so we can really go down the rabbit hole too and be in negativity instead of saying, hey, instead of focusing on all the crap that's going on, let's focus on what's really great and what is available to us because the outcome is going to be better. So when I'm working with a client on food, and talking about it from that perspective, I don't like to talk about all the things they can't do. And I like to talk about all the things that they can do um, because it, it it just immediately changes their thought process. It immediately changes what they're thinking about in relation to food. Like, okay, we're not going to focus on, on kind of what, I guess, quote unquote, the bad or the negative, we're going to focus on the good and what is available. And so the the outlook becomes more positive. Oh, look at all of these things that I have to choose from that are good for me. Yes, there's all this stuff over here, but we don't need to worry about that because what's the point of focusing on all the crap? We know about it. Let's educate about it. Let's understand why. But then let's turn our attention and focus to the things that are actually going to be super supportive for us. So you know, your new thoughts are going to shape your future. And so when it comes to your health, we have to start breaking down where all of those thought patterns came from um, so that we can move a client into th- creating some new thoughts and where that they where they want to be and where they want to go. So some of the obstacles that usually come up, number one, of course, is negative outlook. Um, that's number one. Um, especially when it comes to physical appearance. Oh, especially for women um, that are trying to lose weight and they just, and sometimes they don't even need to lose weight. Sometimes they're super fit and thin and they're telling me that they need to lose weight. And all of a sudden I'm like, what are you talking about? How can you not see yourself? It's, it's so heartbreaking that they just can't see themselves. But so we start talking about the negative outlook that they have and how much they hate themselves, how much they hate their body. And we have to, we almost kind of have to stop there and start talking about that. Because if you are hating your body, um, again, talking about putting that negative out, negative energy out, you, the stuff that you're going to bring in is stuff that hates your body. So you're going to bring in foods that are not going to support your body because you hate yourself. And so you're going to kind of treat yourself that way, even if it's subconscious. So once we, once that kind of stuff comes out, then we have to say, Okay, well, how can we get you to not to start seeing yourself in a totally different light so you're not hating yourself anymore? Um, So that is really almost kind of step number one if if that comes up during the course of conversation. And it almost always does. It's super heartbreaking the amount of people out there who absolutely just hate their bodies and they hate themselves and they feel like their body is betraying them and that they're broken in some way. And it's just absolutely not the case. You're not broken. We just have been in you know, some thought patterns that aren't serving you that you can't see. That's why we're, you know, reaching out and working with someone is so important because they, they can see things that you can't see about yourself. They can see, you know, by things, little things that people say, I'm like, oh, okay. So that's what's going on here. They'll say, you know, something about, you know, how they're feeling about their body and they don't actually really recognize what they're saying. But for me, coming from the outside, looking in, of course, I can say, oh my gosh, okay, this is really important. We need to dig into this. You know, when we're talking through someone's past and they have a, you know, a pattern of behavior with food, especially self-soothing with food um, and trying to like, 
going down the I wonder path. So there's this amazing woman. Her name's Cynthia Pasquale. She um, founded uh, Transformational Nutrition. It's a really, really cool program. So what she does with clients is called the I wonder. So instead of like saying something, well, why did that happen? Or why are, why are you feeling this way? Which feels a little bit more judgmental. Like, well, I wonder why you feel that way. I wonder where that came from. I wonder why, you know, this is coming up for you, um, you know, in relationship to how you feel about food. And when you start asking the I wonder question, it allows people to explore where that's coming from in a way that doesn't feel scary, doesn't feel shameful and doesn't feel judgmental because it's not about judgment. It's about how, where did this come from? Why, why is it, why was that happening for you? I wonder. And so that's a really good question that you can ask yourself and something that, you know, I work with, with clients is I wonder why you feel this way. And when we do the, I wonder game, which I love and learned that very recently. So I've just started, I just immediately started incorporating it. Cause I thought it was really cool. When you play the, I wonder game, it almost kind of relaxes people. There's I, I can physically see like shoulders come down and they just sit and be, they're a bit more contemplative instead of being so wrapped up in what they're feeling in the moment. So we wanna kinda get away from what you're feeling in the moment and get into that contemplative mode because that's where things start to change. So my favorite thing to do to change the way you're thinking really quickly is the five second rule. So this is from Mel Robbins and she's amazing. It's kind of like a you know waking yourself up and shooting yourself out of bed saying five, four, three, two, one, change the way you think. It's ama- it sounds super simple and she will tell you it sounds really stupid, but it absolutely works because it's five, four, three, two, one. It changes the brain and allows you to just step into that empowerment and make a decision instead of wallowing in, the, in what was going on before. So next, what's the one thing that most people forget to factor into their health plan? I'll tell you why it's critical for your health and how to overcome the obstacles that are keeping you from getting it. For more info on today's show, go to finaldraftradio.com. Click links and guests. Final Draft Radio. When you're looking for a new home, John Wilkinson can help answer questions related to obtaining a mortgage lender up to finding and securing the best home for you. John will take your best interests as his own and provide valuable property and neighborhood information that is important to your family. Call John at 281-974-0739 or email him at john at jwgetsitsold.com to start looking for your new home. Lamont Brands is a veteran-owned business serving the Houston Clear Lake area and beyond. Their in-house capabilities include screen printing, embroidery, rhinestones, heat press transfers and thermal flex design, as well as e-commerce solutions and on-site fulfillment. If you're looking to brand your business through custom apparel and or promotional products, Lamont Brands should be your first and only call. Lamont Brands is located at 920 Gemini in Houston. Give them a call at 281-286-7553 or visit them online at lamontbrands.com. Are you an athlete, a former athlete, or someone who just likes to stay in shape? Do you suffer with muscle aches or joint pain and are tired of pills and creams that don't seem to work? iCryo Cryotherapy's full body treatments and spot treatments can help you heal faster, feel better, and it's all natural. So there's no age limit, and the best thing, it's affordable. Cryotherapy helps your body to heal from the inside out. Go to iCryo.com today to find a location near you. iCryo will help you give pain the cold shoulder. Lori Coppett. A name you can trust. Lori Coppett. A senior mortgage loan originator with Prime Lending, serving the Clear Lake area for over 28 years. Lori Why are you saying it like that? Coppett. Helping hundreds of satisfied clients with their home loan needs. Lori. Seriously? Coppett. If you're purchasing, refinancing, or renovating your home, visit LCOPPOCK.com to get the professional service you need. NML. Less number 176539, equal housing lender. Lori. 
work with clients today in the five pillars of health. I've, of course, only gotten through two because that's the way it works for me because I always have too much information to tell you. So I'm going to kind of shove these last three in here in this last segment to just try to give you a little bit of a snapshot of the other ones because they're super important. But the first one, of course, was food and how, you know, the type of food you're putting in your body and how to try to figure out what your body is telling you and then how you think and speak. And those two are actually really, really critical, especially the second one. So I wanted to spend a little bit of extra time on that. So the last three pillars that I work with clients is how are you resting, um, what your community looks like, and what your rituals are. Um, so I'm just going to kind of go through each of those just kind of real quickly and just give just touch on each and give you a little bit of a snapshot. So the first one, how you rest your body um, heals your body and mind. So usually when I say rest, people think of taking a nap or laying on the couch or something like that. And it can definitely mean that, but it could also be spending time with a friend, um, maybe exercising. I know that doesn't sound right, but going for a walk, getting out in nature, you know, working in the garden, you know, hanging out with your dog. I mean, all of those things can actually be restful and get and rejuvenate you. So rest is more about rejuvenation than it is about just like taking a nap. So it's about just that, that slowing down that quieting down and that healing time. Um, you know, again, it could be having coffee with a friend. That's can be completely rejuvenating and actually rest your body. So when it comes to rest, it's not just about, you know, sleeping, although that's really, really important. And that's something we absolutely work on quite a bit. Um, but re- I think the rest is even a little bit more critical because it's just about some of your daily habits, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. So some of the obstacles that I get around resting is that people feel lazy, time or money. So I want to just talk about feeling lazy for a minute. Um, we are definitely in a world where we think go, go, go is absolutely the right way. Um, and that it's when you're not when you're not going all the time or doing all the things that you're unproductive or that you're missing out or that, you know, you're lazy. And so that is not the case. Resting is super important. Hanging out and taking care of yourself is super important. It's not a lazy thing to do. And I know that's kind of a culture shift um, because we're basically told we should be on the go all the time. But the rest side and the self, you know, quote unquote, self care side and self care doesn't always just mean, you know, taking a bath and with some Epsom salts, which is wonderful. But that's not really what self care is. Self care is, again, kind of going back to the beginning, what lights you up? What makes you who you are. That is self-care because self-care should be about bringing out the real you instead of just doing these little things that sound um, like they're taking care of you. So those things are important, but self-care is really about being the true authentic self. Um, So the next one I want to just touch on really quickly is the rituals. Rituals are the things that you do on a day-to-day basis. So there's the habit, you know, getting up and having coffee and then taking the dog out and then taking the shower and, you know, eating your breakfast and all of those things, those kind of habits that we get into every day. And so we have the tendency to get on autopilot um, and then those rituals start to run the day for us instead of us running the day. So some of the things you can do there, and we kind of talked about um, on the show a couple, a couple weeks ago about having like a morning ritual where, you know, you're doing 
things, certain things that are that are prepping you for the day so that you're in charge instead of just reacting and re- reacting to anything that happens. Obviously, things come up that are out of your control. But at the same time, if you have a little bit of preparation in place and you are deciding what your day is going to look like, again, going back to thinking about, you know, thinking about how you're going to approach your day and are you going to approach it in joy or are you going to approach it in negativity? Because you do get to decide. And yes, of course, things come up that you have to, you know, respond to good things, bad things. But you can actually decide from the moment you get out of bed what kind of day you're going to have. Is it going to be a great day or is it going to be a crap day? And so if you decide right from the beginning, if you're waking up right from the beginning and you're checking email, you're checking into Facebook, you're looking at Instagram and you're already comparing yourself, number one, or you're going down your task list for the day of all the things that you have to do, you've already set yourself up in reactionary mode. And this is a hard one. This is a hard one. I struggle with this myself of not doing those things and instead just taking a few moments of, okay, what do I want to be grateful for today? How do I want to go out into the world today? And this isn't about being fake. This is about finding in yourself what it is that you want to present to the world. It's about presenting, again, you and your authentic self to the world and not what the world expects to see from you. So going back to being authentic and being real and going ahead and paying the price for that is really, really important. So some of the obstacles for doing the rituals is usually time, focus, and energy is the ones that usually come up. And so I think uh, focus is probably the one that I'll just touch on really quick. And the focus one is important because we're super distracted. I mean, from the moment you wake up, especially if you're awake up and check all of the things, so you're checking your email, you're checking your text, you're checking your Instagram, you're checking your Facebook right off the bat, instead of taking some time for yourself to actually wake up and decide what you want to be focused on for the day. Because emails are usually someone else's problem that they're trying to make it your crisis and it's actually their crisis and Facebook and Instagram those are someone else's life so you're starting the day off jumping into someone else's life instead of starting the day off figuring out who you want to be for the day and who you are so that's an important thing on the focus side so you can do that through meditation or maybe it's just getting up and sitting with a cup of coffee Um, you know whatever it is for you the focus one is the most important for rituals especially when it comes to what you do when you get out of bed in the morning So that's what I would focus on there. So the last one I want to talk about, because it is another one of those really, really important ones, is your community. So your community actually does help to shape your body and mind. Um, the supportive community is so critical to your health. Um, there was, I'm trying to remember the name of this documentary that I was watching, and it's completely not coming to me. But I think it was a Human, Long- Human Longevity Project. It's kind of been out this year. It's like a seven or eight series um, documentary series. It's really, really cool. So part of what they talked about. And so they what, what they kind of did is they went around the world and talked to people who were in their 70s plus, um, who were healthy, who did not have chronic disease, um, and just kind of asked them about their lives. And one of the common threads for all of these people who had really uh, outstanding health, and maybe the people around them also had really outstanding health, was that they had a really close community and a really supportive community network. So the community support can almost be more important than the food that you're putting in your body. Uh, it was really interesting. I don't, I can't remember where this was. I want to say it was like in Greece. I don't know. I, I can't remember. But anyway, there was a study done back, I think, in the 50s or 60s, and they looked at these two different communities. I think I've talked about this before, but one community, they, you know, smoked and drank and ate crappy food and were overweight and, and, you know, not really living what we would call, I guess, healthy lifestyles, but they had zero chronic disease. They didn't have heart disease and cancer and all of that kind of stuff, but they would, from the outside looking in, we would think that they really weren't that healthy. Community down the road, 
had, um, you know, ate, ate really good food, no smoking, didn't do a lot of drinking, you know, quote unquote, looking from the outside in again, looks like everything is healthy, but they actually had more chronic disease. The factor that was different between them is the community. Uh, the first community had a very tight knit support network. The second community did not. It was very much more isolationist. So that community that you surround yourself with is incredibly important. And I think that that statement of the five people you spend the most time with are most time around reflects who you are is really important. So that's a, I would say um, that's probably the one thing I would tell you to kind of take a look at today. Who are the people you're spending the most time around? Are those the people that you want to be? Are those the people that are supporting you? Are those the people that are, you know, lifting you up and, you know, create, helping you to create this future that you want for yourself? Or are they kind of holding you back? And it's not that they're bad people. That doesn't mean that they're bad. That just means that they're not supporting who you are and who you want to be. Because again, you create your life. The people around you don't create your life. You step out into who you are and who you want to be instead of stepping out into the expectation of those around you. So sometimes you have to shake it up a little bit and create some new relationships. So the community one is important. So my top three important ones out of those five are definitely going to be the food. Of course, we've got to clear kind of clear out the the interference and clear the confusion. Then it would definitely be how you think and speak, what what it is that's going on in your brain and how we can change that. Use your five second rule, five, four, three, two, one, stop thinking that way and start just, you know, the process of making those changes and making those new pathways in the brain. And number three is definitely going to be relationships. So this is how I work with people on a day to day basis. So if you're interested in, you know, getting some, making some changes, whether it's food and the whole body, mind, spirit network, I would love to hear from you. So you can head over to my website at mylifedelicious.com. All my contact information is there. I want to thank you all for joining me today. I hope you have learned something and can go out into the world and be your true, authentic self. I will see you next week here on Thrive Life Radio. Amy Robinson is owner of My Life Delicious Nutrition Consulting Company. Reach out and learn more at mylifedelicious.com or call 832-875-2358. Thrive Life Radio, a final draft radio production.